Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, dig into this word. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I was making a recording from last week, and uh, there was some last. <laughs> So sometimes I see it, and then I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So I decided to open it up. And I wasn't expecting it to be over two hours long. <laughs> but I watched it, and it was on time, even for this message, but even the stuff we've been talking about, you know. Um, and if you hadn't watched it, uh, I would encourage you to, to, to look at it, right, um, because it's uh, eye-opening, because we start to see they portray what the world would look like when Christ is taken out, the authority of Christ. You know, you know, people in the world today, people still acknowledge God, but they don't acknowledge Jesus Christ. You know, in churches, we, you know, churches, Christians, they'll acknowledge God, but won't acknowledge Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and we have to say the name of Jesus. Yes. You know, we have to include Jesus. We have to explain to people and help them to understand why, yeah. you know, why we live the way we live. You know, why we were changed, why we were redeemed, right? It's not about, you know, the ministry. It's not about the activities, you know, and some of the things in the movie I've talked about, yeah. right? Yes, you have. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I'm not going to give it away because I know everybody didn't see it. So, <laughs> but I can say you, you'll see it. And, but please say, I, I will say this part, the, uh, I guess the main character, when he's taken forward in time, he talks about when he comes back that, you know, believe it was in the last days, you know, and we are in the last days, you know. We know that God is going to judge, right? Y'all have heard me say as Christians we're being judged now, but there's going to come a point in time where everybody's going to be judged, right? We know that Jesus was on the cross and he was judged then, right? Satan's already judged, right? There's no hope for him. He's already been judged and he's already been sentenced, right? So his time is short, right? But... Again, he probably wants to take as many people as he can with him, right? So, but uh, what the enemy will try to do is he'll try to take over people, influence people, and he's influencing nations, right? That He influences governmental leaders, and, uh, you know, we can't get caught up in that because, you know, whether it's a country, you know, we hear people say, you know, judgment is coming to America soon, right? So, and anyway, the title of my message is A Warning of God's Judgment to the Nations. Right? A Warning of God's Judgment to the Nations. But here's the thing. We have to be careful of that because in, in judging this country, because uh, it's not up to us to judge at this time, right? We know God is going to judge. And regardless of what they do, and it, you know, me and Phil were talking before services, we don't know the hearts of people. And we're going to see an example of that. We're going to come to a familiar text here in a minute um, that we read that I've read here before. And then we're going to go to the Old Testament, uh, where I'm pretty confident it's going to be an unfamiliar text. Because even if you read through the Bible straight through, you probably, obviously, you, you read this uh, 
particular passages, but you probably didn't pay attention to it. Because I'm pretty sure most of you are going to have to go to your table of contents to find it. So <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> There's nothing to, nothing to be ashamed about going to your table of contents. Amen. It's there for a reason, so we might as well use it. <laughs> Instead of flipping pages and keep flipping, keep flipping, keep flipping, because we don't want nobody to see us <laughs> going to the table. Go to the table contest. I had to do it plenty of times. So nothing, nothing wrong with that. Right. So let's turn real quick to uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You know, it, when we see and we hear people talk about God destroying this country or God destroying another country, you know, there will be a, a time and a place, like I said, when God judges. But you, you know what gives me confidence that God won't come now right, right, to, to judge this country, to wipe this country out? Because we're here. Right? We're here. When you look at Genesis, you know, um, Abraham went, when he was discussing it with the Lord, he went all the way down to ten people. Right? He said, Lord, all the way down to ten people. If there's ten righteous people, would you not spare it? The Lord said, what? I will not destroy it for ten righteous people. I'm pretty confident there's 10 righteous people in this country, right? And we have to know that, yes, we serve a loving God. He's, he's merciful, you know, but, you know, there are people that are going to reject him. There are people that have rejected him. They're rejecting him even now. And we've rejected him, you know, before we came to the Lord, right? So, but we have to be careful of that. So, uh, you know, I told you to turn. I ain't turn there. <laughs> So, 2 Timothy chapter 3, familiar text. So, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. So, perilous times, that word perilous means hard to take. It means stressful. Right? And we think about it, people find themselves really stressed with what's going on today. We see so much going on. And we see so many people now more than ever with seeking out mental health advice, you know, even physical health. People are getting sick quite often now, right? And why? It's because the world way it is, it is, you know, sometimes we can feel so much pressure. Even as Christians, we can feel so much pressure, and we can find ourselves, God, when? When are you coming to, to, to save us? You know, and there was a time when Israel felt like that because they were being persecuted and, 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 and oppressed. Like that, and, and we can feel like the whole world is coming against us as believers, but we have to know that God is in control. God is in charge. But what we have to do is be the salt and the light and, and share the love of Christ Amen. with as many people as we can. All right. So now, going to verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blas blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pledges more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. Verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. 
So going up to uh, verse 2, you know, the, the, well, these verses here, right, basically they're describing today, right? They're describing the things that we see today. So we are in perilous times. We are in the last days. And we, you know, you've heard me talk about before that we've been in the last days since the birth of the church, right? So, and, and we see things getting worse and worse. But some things we can find ourselves saying, man, it wasn't like this back in the day. But actually in the Bible it was. But uh, I'm not going to go there yet. Or even, even if I do go there. But first two real quick. And I'm not going to um, spend a whole lot of time on these passages here. But for men shall be lovers of their own selves. We see this today. Right? And, you know, in the first time I, I, I looked at it this way because I always see, you know, people taking selfies and things like that. But what I see today is this. What happens whenever... Something goes on or people don't get their way. Just like when the um, when it leaked about the Supreme Court thing. What did people immediately do? Go to D.C. and start protesting. Right? Both sides. Right? Don't you know that uh, being a lover of yourself is being um, basically trying to have your own way. And that's exactly when people protest, that's what they're doing. They, they're, they're being a lover of themselves, believe it or not. They, that... Because what we've come to do is this. Don't matter what we protest, we try to take care and solve the problem. Or the issue, rather. But the real problem, ultimately, is sin. So when we even, and this is not to be political or nothing like that. So when we talk about, so we know, according to the Bible, God, abortion is wrong. Plain and simple, right? But we argue and try to do everything possible in reference to abortion, but we don't discuss the sin aspect of it, right? Because looking at the statistics, truth of the matter now, we've been told that actually, I don't know if y'all noticed, ever since 1973, the uh, rate of abortion has actually gone down. Rate of abortion has gone down, but most people won't tell you that, right? Now, what also is interesting, most people who get abortions are usually what? Single, right? 84% for poor, 84% of the women that have abortions are single. So if they're single and they're pregnant, what are they doing? They're having sex, right? But as a church, we don't discuss that. What we do is we'll come back and we say pro-life, this and this. But we have to discuss the issue. So this goes back even to the movie, see? Because we're taking, we're actually taking Christ out of it. Because Jesus will be here doing what? Discussing the issue, getting to the root of the problem. But so if we don't mention Jesus, now we just try to get people to have morals, right? Just like the movie said. We try, and that's why I said it was just timely, right? So we try to get people to have morals, and they can't have morals without Christ. Amen. It just can't happen. So no matter how, even before I came to the Lord, no matter how good I thought I was or tried to do, it wouldn't last until the power of God came inside of me. So we, we have to understand that we don't judge we don't, you know, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what the Supreme Court says, it doesn't matter. And my wife had a good point with this. She said, really, what the Supreme Court was doing is they're doing like pilot. They're washing their hands of it. And because they, they're doing what? They're not abolishing it. They're giving the rights to the states to make the decision. Right? And that's really what they're doing. So instead of them saying, hey, we're going to ban it totally, they're not going to do that. Right? They're going to give it to the states. So we did our part. So now it's on you, right? But again, we're still not addressing the sin. And truth be told, if somebody wants to have abortion, they're going to find a way to do it. 
Right. So we had to lead them to Christ. And, and, and I do wonder sometimes when I, I hear people talk about it, women talk about it, how many of them really actually had an abortion? But they're just talking about something. Because when you listen to some of these people speak, whether it's that or whether even the protests and things that were going on, we're trying to use flesh and blood to argue against these people, but they're really spirits. Because you can hear a difference in their voice and the tone of their voice. So it, it's not, and I'm not to say that they're all possessed, but they are influenced by the enemy. And, and we can't battle with flesh and blood. The Bible warns us of that. Because if we battle with flesh and blood, guess what? We're, we're, we're not going to get anywhere. Right? And then we just end up getting frustrated. Right? But we have to take it to God in prayer. See? Alright. So now, let's go to the book of Nahum. Uh-oh. Where is that at? <laughs> Nahum. Oh, Nahum. Nahum, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just go to your table of contents. So I'm not going to finish all this today, you know, um, but... <laughs> you know, so, yeah. We have to understand, being in perilous times, why y'all flipping there, um... Well, the world is dark, but you know, even with that world being dark, you know what that means? That there's a harvest out there. There's a harvest out there waiting for laborers. And this has been like this since Jesus, because Jesus told the disciples, right? He told the disciples in Matthew, he said what? The harvest is right. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. So we have to be laborers. So all these people that are out there screaming and doing it, they're actually hurting. Even if the world is dark, these people are hurting. We have people, and then we even have Christians that are hurting. So, but we have to show them and take them to the deliverer, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not the deliverer, but, you know, we can show them and point them to the, and tell them about the deliverer. Amen. And that's the only way they're going to get set free, and that's the only way things are going to change. Because guess what? Really, the hearts have got to change. The world is not going to change, but the hearts of the people can change. Amen. So real quick, before we hit, read Nahum, you know, Nahum was sent to Nineveh. So we're all familiar with Nineveh from Jonah, right? So, you know, we, we've heard people minister and say, you know, and it, they'll um, associate Jonah running away from his calling to us today running away from our calling. But, yeah, I, I get that. But really, if you understood why Jonah didn't want to go, you can understand why. <laughs> I have, if I was in that position, I probably would be the same way. <laughs> because the Assyrians, so we know Israel was um, oppressed and attacked by different people, groups in different countries. Rome oppressed them. Egypt oppressed them. Um, you know, Egypt actually thought they were fighting Israel or coming against Israel, but they were really fighting God. And see, that's what we have to realize, that people are not fighting us, they're fighting God when we're walking, you know, Amen. according to his will, his ways. And we're, we are in relationship with him. He's going to protect us, right? So, you know, they um, they had battles against the uh, Philistines and the Canaanites, things like that. But all those people, nobody treated them as bad as this Syrians. So when we see, we're all familiar with ISIS today, right? Well, guess what? ISIS, a lot of their ways come from the Syrians. And actually, the Syrians were actually worse. So the way you see ISIS, 
blow things up, not that they had explosives back then, or chop people's heads off. That's what they were doing. They were chopping people's heads off and hanging their bodies up for everybody to see. This is what they were doing to the Israelites, right? They would chop their hands off, chop their feet off, and, and even worse, and you say, well, what can be worse than that? You know how when you fillet meat? That's what they were doing to their enemies. That's what they were doing to Israel, filleting them. So now, when God tells Jonah to go, Jonah recognizes this. He sees this. He knows this. So he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. And let, let's keep it real. How many of us would do that? Right? If we know, let's say our brothers and sisters in Christ are being treated this way, and God is sending us to we're not going to want to go. Right? We're going to want to go the opposite direction. Right? So, I can understand why Jonah responded the way he did. But see, Jonah was looking at it from the flesh. But God knows the heart of man. See, God knew that they were going to repent because God knew their heart. See, but they were also an instrument used by God because Israel was not living in obedience. And I'm just giving you the backstory before we get to Nahum. Right? So now, Jonah finally goes there and they repent. Right? Which is a good thing. Right? But Jonah catches a fit. We know that. Right? But God knows the heart. So God was trying to redeem. See, whenever God brings judgment on a nation, he brings somebody there. So, really, that is our job. So even as the judgment come against this nation, that's our job to bring the word. Because that's an extension of God's mercy and his love. And that's what we are, we're instruments. Right? And again, that's a part of that, bearing that much fruit. Right? So, now, fast forward to Nahum 150 years later. So now, that generation is gone. So it's just like in, uh, when I talked about when Israel went into the promised land a while back, and the elders, they didn't disclose everything to the younger generation of Israel. And they started serving false gods and chasing these false gods instead of serving the true God that delivered them. So now, here, you got their great, great, great grandkids. <laughs> right? Now they're back to their evil ways. Right? So now, God sends the prophet Nahum there. And he sent other prophets there too. He sent Habakkuk, um, Zephaniah as well. And this was during the time of Isaiah and uh, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. Right? Because God said, you know what? Enough's enough. Right? So now, all right. Nahum chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The burden against Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkoshite. So we don't know much about Nahum at all. Outside that, he was an Elkoshite. That's about it, really. And we know that he was in the time of, like I said earlier, um, Hezekiah and Isaiah. And he was a prophet called to Nineveh at this time. And again, we have to understand now, just like in Jonah's time, Nahum sees what they're doing. He sees what they're doing about it. But, unlike Jonah, Nahum goes, probably because he knows he's pronouncing God's judgment. <laughs> so he's got a different message. <laughs> Alright, verse 2. God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. And he reserves wrath for his enemies. So we have to understand, right? The battle, we, we, we say it all the time, the battle's not ours. Right? The battle's not ours. So we don't have to battle against flesh and blood. 
but the battle is the Lord. So when people come up against us, it doesn't matter. God is in control. God is in control. So we have to trust Him in everything that we do. Regardless of what is said, regardless of what goes on in this world, because guess what? As long until Christ comes, sin is going to abound in this world. Right? And there's nothing that the unbeliever can do to stop their sinning without the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Period. So no matter what we do, and see what we do sometimes is, even when, uh, I'll tell the story. I'm not going to get into the details of the case, but I had a case one time where I had to go into an abortion clinic. Right? And as I'm going in, you know you have people out there sprinkling water, with the cross. Most of the time it's Catholics, right? They have the cross, and I'm driving in there, and what they're saying is, Lord, forgive him. Forgive him. Save him. I'm already saved, right? I'm not going in there, because this is part of my work, right? And they're trying to bring shame. All right, real quick, keep your finger in the A-hoom. Go to John chapter 3. This is what they do. We'll start at verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. See, we have to be careful sometimes on, when I say we, I'm saying Christians, on how we do things, what we say to people. All right, John, uh, beginning at John chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have ever everlasting life. So, who's whoever? Everybody, right? So Jesus died for everybody that has been born in this planet. Jesus died for them, right? Whether we like him or not, Jesus still died for them. All they have to do is accept him into his heart. So even though they may not have accepted Christ in their heart, Jesus still died for them, right? Jesus still died for them. That's how we have to see it. So we can't get on them about something but verse 17. This is what we have to be careful of. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the combination that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evils. We'll stop right there. So that word combination means judgment. So, yes, that's talking about eternal judgment, but... That's also people, sometimes, we can get in the habit of judging the sinner. That's not our job, to judge sinner. That's God's job. Right? Paul talks about that. Y'all heard me say it before, that God's going to judge the world. And what we judge is, Marie, it's the church. Right? So, if you're a born-again believer, yeah, we, we can judge them. Because Paul talks about that in Corinthians. Right? And Jesus talked about it in John chapter 7. We judge with righteousness by the word of God. Right? So, but we don't, so when, what they're doing, what I'm saying is this. When I pulled into the drive, what they were doing was actually condemning me. Mm -hmm. Don't even know me. Everybody that comes in there, we don't have to agree with what they're going in there for, but you don't know. And, but you're condemning me. And you're trying to shame me into doing what? To stop the abortion? How is that getting me? If I was saved again, but somebody else coming in, how is that going to lead them to Christ? If anything, that's going to push them further away. So we have to be careful of that because, like I said, 
That is actually judging them. And I see it because we used to get calls all the time for them being out there, right? And I get the premise on why they're out there, but you got to be careful about that. you got to be careful not to judge. Again, that's not our job, right? We're to walk in the light. We're to love. That's what Jesus did. See, and even the things that are going on in the world today with the uh, homosexuality, transgender, we got to be careful with that. See, we think it's prevalent now, but guess what? It was prevalent in the early church. It was prevalent... In Rome, the leaders, the emperors, they were bisexual. And what was even worse is Nero would marry little boys. Oh, we don't, we don't, our government leaders are not doing that, right? But the same thing that how we see things now, they were back then. But guess what? Jesus came to set the captives free, right? So, the world is dark. Captives, people are bound. They're captives. So he sent us to get them free because we're his instrument. Right? We're the hands. We're the feet. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? So that is our responsibility. So even when we see somebody lost, that's our responsibility. Right? Because we're not to judge them on what they're doing. We're like, we, don't, we don't approve of their sin. Not at all. Because Jesus doesn't approve of their sin. But... He still died for them. So we can let them know. And see, sometimes they can't stop. Because it's that sin that's driving them. It's like I say, when I was unsaved, I couldn't stop the sinning. But it was the power of Christ that stopped, stopped it. Shut it down. Right? So me and Phil again were talking before service. And he was telling me uh, about a friend that contacted him. How? The power of God just shut up all, shut up all drinking. All it takes for drinking from her. Right? Can't nobody do that but God. Amen. So it doesn't matter what lifestyle that they're in, if they come to Christ, He can shut all that down. Right? right? But now we have Christians that are bound. Yeah. Right? And so even like what my wife said Wednesday about seeing people set free, demonically possessed. We see that in the scriptures, but we don't see it today. Because yeah. what we're doing is we're fighting flesh. We're using our flesh to fight spiritual things. We, in our own self, have no power against sin. No power. No power against sin. So we can't stop people from sinning. Right? There's only one who has power to stop sin. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. By His blood. Right? Because He stopped us from sinning. Amen. Right? So again, we can share our testimony with them. Right? Oh yeah, I was once a fornicator. I was once an adulterer. I once was... A, a drunkard. But guess what? Jesus set me free. Amen. Right? Yeah, some people are not going to receive it. But not enough people are hearing it. Right? And, you know, it's not about going out giving Thanksgiving dinners. Right? Is that is that a good thing? Yes. That's not going to get them saved. That's right. It's not going to get them saved. I've been around churches like that. Multiple churches like that. And guess what? They come in with an attitude. They pick up their food. And they leave right They'll tell you thank you. <laughs> what a true story. <laughs> I'm giving out uh, that church, giving out Thanksgiving dinner. Haiti came in. So now you would think they'd be grateful for what they have, right? So she's looking in the box. Wait a minute, where's the soda at? Y'all had soda last year. I'm like, seriously? Really? Really? You're getting a whole meal and you're asking about soda? 
you know, but again, that's not going to get them saved. That's not even going to change their heart. So we can do all the giveaways all we want to. That's not going to mean nothing. Amen. That's not going to mean nothing. Okay. It is the power of Christ that brings deliverance. Right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we, we sit up here and we're like, oh, we can give this away. That, that's showing the love of Christ. No, that's, that's really charity work, right? Doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but it's not going to bring deliverance. Right. It's not going to bring deliverance. It's not going to bring the deliverance that we saw Jesus do. It's not going to bring the deliverance that we saw Paul do. Right? Or Philip. Because we just read chapter, um, Acts chapter 8. Right? How the demons left the people. Right? That is true power. And guess what? That is the love of Christ. <laughs> that's the love of Christ. And that's where we have to be. That's where we have to find ourselves at. That's what's going to make a difference in people's lives. That's what's going to get that woman not to get the abortion. That, that is going to, what's going to bring the conviction to people about the sin that they're living in. Because, like I said, we're trying to teach safe sex. How about wait till you're married? That's right. We don't talk about that. And I, I'm not even talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> right? Because I know for a fact, a fact, F-A-C-T, capital letters, that there are praise and worship leaders, praise and worship singers in the church, ministers, that are living with someone of the opposite sex. Pastor's aware of it. Where's the, where, where is the accountability at? Right? But then, at the next moment, we want to come and we want to pray over people. Right? And then, God forbid, you have one of them pray. Guess what? There's no deliverance. There's no deliverance. Why? Because, just like Paul talks about, now they're an unclean vessel. They're an unclean vessel. And they have a form of godliness, but no power. No power. So now, when we show up, <laughs> say we, when we show up with power, now they're going to be upset. Now they're going to be jealous. But why? We're supposed to be in the same kingdom. We're supposed to be the same body. God's not respect their persons. Right? It's not me. I'm not anybody special. Right? But we want to be clean. Amen. We want to be clean. We want to be holy. Amen. We want to be just. We want to be righteous. Right? That's what's going to make the difference in people's lives. Right? So we want people to come to us and say, man, I want what you got. Right? I talked about it before. Somebody said that. They, they said, man, I want, I want you to minister then. Brother Son, I, I, I want what you and, 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 and Sister Marsha got. should be for all of us, right? We're not looking for the signs and wonders uh, like, you know, where we're just seeking that. No, we're just going to seek God, right? And because we seek God, now we're going to love people and we're going to pray for them and God's going to bring the deliverance in their lives, right? Because they are hurting. There's so many people hurting. We see them every day, right? Especially some of our jobs. We, we see them every day. Doesn't matter how old or how young they are. We got family members that are hurting. At a bounce, uh, you know, but they need to be set free. And, and the, the sad part is we have people in church that are bound, right? And so I'll hear people say, well, if you're a Christian, you, you, you know, you can't be possessed. But they, you're going to have demon-possessed people in the church. Why? Because Jesus said, again, going back to Matthew 13, weeds and tears. So the enemy is going to bring them in. 
Don't think you're going to have a whole church and the enemy's not going to bring anybody in there. Yo, you're going to have them in there. Right? But Jesus did what? In Luke chapter 4. What? He cast the spirit out of the man. That was in the temple. Right? Yeah, because there are people coming in. Yeah? Sometimes they don't even know they're possessed. Right? Or even oppressed. Right? But they need deliverance. Right? We don't know the heart, but God does. And that's what separated Jesus from everybody else. Because Jesus didn't come judging them. No, he came to set them free. Amen. I mean, he was like a free candy shop. Right? At least for me, because I love candy. Right? So, he was like, look, you want your healing? Come. Come. Just like the one with the issue of blood. She didn't ask his permission. She just showed up. He didn't get mad. He, you know, he didn't get mad or nothing like that. He didn't get on his disciples. What? No. Who touched me? All those people thronging him. What? People came and wanted to see him. Right? You talked about Zacchaeus. <laughs> wanted to see him. Right? And then what did he do? He dined at his house. Right? But Zacchaeus was a sinner. Right? He was looked down upon by the Jews. But Jesus down at his house, right? And guess what? Zacchaeus came to the Lord. Amen. Why? Because Jesus didn't judge him. But all the religious leaders were doing what? Judging him. Yeah. Judging him. That's not our job. Right? Our job is just to love them. Right? Again, we don't have to agree with what they do. No, we're not going to agree with what they do. Right? But we're going to love them. We're going to pray for them. And we're going to see them get set free. Amen. That, that's what it's about, right? And guess what? Like I said, there's going to be some that don't want to be set free, but that's okay. We do what? We kick the dust off our feet. Keep Amen. moving. Right? That's it. That, that's all we got to do. <laughs> no harm, no foul. That's okay. We don't, we don't take it personal because ultimately when they reject us, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting God. That's right. So we can I used to take it personal. I did. I used to take it personal. Right? But I had to learn, I had to mature not to take it personal. And I used to get mad and think some thoughts. You know. Thought, alright, fine, you know what? Hey Lord, take my I ain't say it to the face, you know, but that was just immaturity. Right? But God loves everyone. Jesus died for everyone. That's right. So we don't want to judge them to try to keep them out. That's not our job. Amen. Right? That's not our job. Now, again, our job is a church. So now as a believer, if you're not doing right, and we have to keep telling right? now we do what? We put them out. Right? But that's different from the unbelief. Right? That's different from the unbelief. Alright, let's go back to Nathan. So name one, I'm gonna pick up back again at verse two. So, you know, God is a jealous God. He, he, he's jealous. He's jealous. That means he's going to take up for us. He's going to love us. He's going to protect us. Right? And, and that's what me and Phil talked about a couple weeks ago. Sometimes people are afraid to go in the neighborhoods to, to witness to them. Right? But most of the time, they don't do nothing. They get angry a lot of times, but they don't usually do nothing to because, you know, it's usually bad things happen to bad people sometimes, you know, because even 
I'll say the majority of the shootings over the years in Richmond is because people who've been involved in crime. It's rare that you have somebody there doing good and something happens to them. Right? That, that doesn't happen that often. So we can't be afraid of going out there and doing things because, you know, that's what the enemy will want us to do, to be afraid. Right? So we have to be like Nathan. You know? And we have to be like, even, even old Jonah did, when he went, he did go. And again, you're talking about people who were brutal. He went to them. Right? So, they were worse than somebody that's out there committing murder. Right? They were worse than that. Because they were barbaric. That, that's how bad they were. But Jonah still had to go. Nahum still had to go. You know, and, and we got to go. <laughs> right. We got to go. You know, as, as much as I would love for us to just stay in the building. And it, no, we got we got we got to go, right? So that's our job to go out there and share the love of Christ with people, right? To pray for them, right? So it shouldn't be where we have all these people being bound with mental health issues and things like that, right? They don't know why they have those issues. Some of them been hurt, legitimately hurt, whether sexually abused, physically abused, things like that. But again, Jesus is a healer. Right? Some been abandoned since they were little kids. Yeah. Left for dead. And they hold on to that all their lives. But again, Jesus is a healer. Amen. <laughs> Guess what? They can come into the kingdom and get a heavenly father. That's right. right? That'll make everything new. Praise God. Everything new. That's how good God is, right? So if your dad wasn't around, guess what? God is there. That's right. Amen. So if my dad wasn't around, guess what? God was there. Amen. Right? So, yeah, we, we love them because Jesus died for them. All right? So we don't judge them. Right? So our job is not to take vengeance against a nation or any nation. Our job is to be about our Father's business. Bearing much fruit. Right? So even if they're out there doing whatever, our job is to share the love of Christ. Amen. Our job is to go out there and power. And you know what? We can't do those things if we have unforgiveness in our heart. Right? That, that, that's, that's an anointing stopper. Right? Bitterness, that's an anointing stopper. See, because you can still be bitter, still have unforgiveness, and still be in church worshiping and praising God. And not realizing it and not dealing with it. And or rather not allowing God to deal with it. Because in order to get set free from that unforgiveness and bitterness, I'm pretty sure I said it before, it has to be exposed. It has to be exposed. And therein lies the difference. Amen. Amen. So it's like I said, you know, Jesus died for every person. Everybody, right? God knows the hearts. God knows the heart. So, if God says go, we got to go. Because <laughs> we don't know the hearts. Regardless of what they're doing, regardless of, of what they have done, right? Even that person that has sexually abused children. We tend to judge them. Right? We, we tend to judge them. But guess what? Jesus died for them. Right? Because ultimately, it's that sin that's driving them to that. And really... Some of them are demon, demon possessed, right? Because their mind is warped. 
How do they get set free? Prison's not going to set them free. Only Jesus can set them free. Right? So, even them, we have to go to. Because guess what? In early church, that's what they had to deal with. That's why Paul was able to be so open in Romans chapter 1. Because when you read Romans chapter 1, you see all the things that were going on. <laughs> right? All the homosexuality things that were going on. Right? And then when you look at it, you see some of the emperors, how they carried themselves. Right? But even the fact that Nero had homosexual tendencies, did things to little boys, Paul did what? He still said, obey the authority. That, that don't make sense to us today. Right? That doesn't make sense to us today. Right? But we still have to do it. Right? Because, again, it's not our job to judge. It's, now, we know what will happen if they continue that lifestyle. Yeah. But what good is that going to I was telling them that and beating them over the head with it, you know, instead of saying, hey, Jesus died for you. That one, you don't have to live like this. But guess what? You can spend eternity with him. Right? Because I once was a sinner, just like you. <laughs> right? But Jesus came and saved me. And that's what we have to remember. All right, so I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to pick up. And we're going to verse 2. <laughs> So, uh, but real quick, I talked about it, I touched on it Wednesday, you know, with Paul. As much as he did, God forgave him. Right? I talked to y'all about how he tortured Christians, made them renounce Christ. So, some of them did renounce Christ. So, again, that's somebody who been like, man, I'm not worthy to be a Christian. I'm not, he could have said, I'm not, I can't forgive myself. Right? He could have said, I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive what I did. Right? So that's a testimony where now we can share with other people say, hey, this is what Paul did. Look what God did through him. Right? So the majority of the New Testament we're reading is from Paul. Somebody that was executing Christians and took pleasure in it. Right? He took pleasure in it. And somebody that had people renounce Christ. Whom he ended up serving. Right? So nobody's beyond redemption. Nobody's beyond redemption. That's right. So we gotta let them know that. Right? So even if they had an abortion or two or three, guess what? They're not beyond redemption. Amen. Right? Even that murderer that murdered the whole family, they're not beyond redemption. That's right. Right? Even the person, again, that abused kids. They're not beyond redemption. Right? They're not beyond redemption. They can be set free, and God can use them the same way he used Paul. Right? We don't know what they may become. Because God knows their hearts. We don't. Amen. Right? Amen. So let's, let, let's pray.